while the Menihuni, or Hawaiian Leprechaun, is a popular mascot, many are not aware the Menihuni could be as Hawaiian as pineapple. I mean, Menihunis could not be Hawaiian, since pineapples were introduced to Hawaii. I knew I should have done that pineapple episode sooner. <clears throat> so begins the great mystery of the Menihuni, and this is Legends from the Pacific. Aloha, and thank you for joining us. This is Legends from the Pacific, episode 132, Uncle Scrooge, Hobbits, and the Mystery of the Many Huni. I am Kamuela Kanashiro, a native Hawaiian professional writer, speaker, and Comic-Con panelist with extensive film and television experience. I study mythology, I've encountered unusual things, and I'm a geek. In the beginning, there was the Pacific Ocean. A canoe broke the horizon, piloted by Pele a beautiful Polynesian maiden who dominated the waves until she felt safe to stop. The audiobook of our Legends from the Pacific Book 1 is now available, narrated by multi-award-winning voice actress Emily Wu Zeller. Emily has worked on anime, the video game Cyberpunk 2077, and over 500 audiobooks including Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, from a certain point of view. Just click the link in our show notes to purchase our Legends from the Pacific audiobook and enjoy Emily telling our stories today. Later in this episode, your featured song in Hawaiian word, but first, let me present you the evidence of if many Huni were Hawaiian. As usual, I apologize for any mispronounced names or words and appreciate your understanding. Many Huni are considered Hawaiian forest spirits. They appear as humanoids who can be six inches to a couple feet tall. They've also been implied as force spirits in some of our previous Hawaiian episodes, like number 119, our popular story of the Hawaiian demigod brothers Kana and Nihe'u. Many Huni are best known for their feats of engineering, which they complete in one night. Some of their Hawaiian landmarks include he'eaus, roads, and fish ponds. Experts claim some of the rocks used in their construction weighed around 30 tons and came from miles away. One of their more famous creations is Kauai's Ale Koko Fish Pond, which is 900 feet long, 5 feet high, and its stones are believed to be from a village 25 miles away. It should be noted, archaeologists claim this was constructed almost 1,000 years ago, and possibly before the Hawaiians arrived. Hawaiians could call upon the Menihuni for various construction jobs. However, the Menihuni needed to agree to the job, and their fee was usually food. The cost of one construction is said to have been one shrimp for each Menihuni. Which, thinking about it now and considering the Menihuni's size, that could have been like a lobster to them. I bet the state would have loved Menihuni to finish the rail project. But not all projects were completed. You see, the Menihuni are nocturnal, like the Maori's Patupayarehe, and their jobs must be completed before dawn. If not, the Menihuni abandoned their project and never returned to complete it. So maybe they did work on the rail. Menihuni will also abandon a project if someone sees them because intruders scare them from their work. Also, some feel the Menihuni's craftsmanship was unlike that of Hawaiians during this time, but I'll get more into this later. 
Many Hoonies can also be mischievous, and when something is missing or out of place, us locals will sometimes say Many Hoonies are playing tricks on us. So where did Many Hoonie come from? That's an interesting question with many answers. Some believe they were supernatural. Others believe they were supernatural beings who first settled in Hawaii and Hawaiians are descended from them. Other theories include the Menihuni were humans who settled in Hawaii before Hawaiians, specifically the species known as Homo florensensis, or Flores Man, which inhabited the Flores Island of Indonesia around 50,000 years ago. This species was discovered around 2003 and was nicknamed Hobbits because they were a few feet tall. So it's possible they could have made their way throughout the Pacific, because many cultures have their stories of hobbit-like beings. Staying along the lines of migration, the word Manihuni is close to the Tahitian word Manahune. Manahune used to be something Tahitians were proud to identify as until they were defeated by tribes from French Polynesia. Then Manahune became something that loosely translates to the socially low class. So these Tahitians who were proud of who they were could have migrated to Hawaii looking for a fresh start. Then of course, there's the theory that many Hoonies could have been a Western fabrication. As stated earlier, while Hawaiians had stoneworking knowledge, the many Hoonie craftsmanship was different, which caused several Westerners to claim they were constructed by fairies. Because to them, such marvels could not have been made by Hawaiians. So, these Westerners made up the Manihuni. Now, before you say, how dare they, Manihuni exist, one glaring fact is before 1861, there were no records of Manihuni. Let's pause here. I'd just like you to consider this. Now, there's Captain James Cook, looking for the Northwest Passage. He landed in Hawaii on 1778. That's almost 100 years between that and 1861. So I'm willing to give you a good 50 years worth of journals and recordings from captains, sailors, missionaries, and merchants who came to Hawaii. Yet none of them recorded any mention of Menihuni. Sure, there are records of mischievous Hawaiian spirits, but their names and appearances were different from Menihuni. It should also be noted, Menihuni does not have a direct meaning or translation. Menihuni are, well, Menihuni. So how could something like this be forgotten? Why were the Manihuni missing or omitted? Now some theorized Hawaiians may have avoided mentioning Manihuni to missionaries or we just forgot or didn't know of Manihuni. This seems plausible since Hawaiians did not have a written language and were being wiped out from various diseases. Especially susceptible were our elderly who possibly had this knowledge but passed before they could share it with others. So the Hawaiians who remained were not told about their heritage and were currently losing their culture. Anywho, magazines and newspapers printed Manihuni stories around 1861. Why would they publish fairy tale stuff? Well, in the late 1830s, the author Hans Christian Andersen was sort of like the J.K. Rowling at the time. Just Danish and male instead of British and female. And fairy tales instead of wizards and magic. So, <clears throat> Mr. Anderson captivated the world, and many wanted a piece of the action. Some of those who may have used Hawaii to cash in on the latest literary trend was Abraham Fornander, who jumped ship for Hawaii. 
jumped ship. That's such a funny term. Another was scholar Thomas Thurum. 1861 is also when the American Civil War occurred. At this time, Hawaii is a kingdom ruled by King Kamehameha the Great's grandson, Kamehameha IV, Alexander Liholiho, who stated Hawaii was neutral between the North and South. So it's possible Thomas Thurum, who called himself the father of the Menihuni, embraced the opportunity to write stories about Hawaiian industrial elves to provide an entertaining escape from the foreign brother-against-brother war waged in distant lands. Thurum provided the world with most of what we know of Menihuni, while scholar William DeWitt Alexander is credited to giving the Menihuni their magic abilities, like turning people and other Menihuni into stone. Menihuni also turn invisible, then throw rocks at intruders who are near their land. I'm not sure who published this last part, but it was probably William DeWitt Alexander. One of the interesting Menihuni stories took place on Kauai. The Menihuni were enjoying swimming and diving off the cliffs when a shark almost ate one. They decided to get even with the shark and constructed a cage. They added bait and lowered the cage into the water. They caught the shark, hoisted it from the water, and left it for the birds to eat. The area this took place at was Aleomanu Beach, or Shark Oil Beach, which is still frequented today. While this is a great story, it's highly possible it was crafted by a Western author. Now, is this good or bad? I'll leave that for you to decide. On the flip side, a more questionable thing I discovered stated that while Menihuni were migrating through New Zealand, a Menihuni chief was responsible for the word Maori. While this may be possible, I don't think it's accurate. So, what happened to the Menihuni? Well, they were so vast, stories claimed their gatherings and talking kept people up at night on neighboring islands. When they married Hawaiians and started families, the Menihuni chief felt his people were losing their culture and identity. He gathered all the Menihuni and said they needed to leave for a new place. While most of them left, the Menihunis of Hawaii today are those who stayed. For the record, no Menihuni bones or those similar to the Flores Man have been found in Hawaii. Today, Menihuni are a popular mascot used by various businesses like Menihuni Water and schools like Moanalua High School, Maunawili Elementary, and the Mililani Elementary School just down my street. Menihuni is also considered a size for ordering things like shave ice or other treats. The Menihuni size is usually a sample size or smaller than a keiki or children-sized portion. Some of the Menihuni constructions, like fish ponds, have been added to the U.S. National Register of Historic Places. Then, of course, there's the popular 1820 census that revealed 65 Kauai residents identified themselves as Menihuni. In popular culture, Menihuni are species in the Halo universe. Also, while some speculated Menihuni were in the Disney film Moana, as the mini coconut armored pirates who tried to capture our heroes, these were actually from the Solomon Islands. But that's a story for another time. For some reason, I had to think, Moana had coconut pirates? Oh yeah. But the Menihuni did make a Disney appearance in late 1953 in the fourth issue of the Uncle Scrooge comic. 
The popular Uncle Scrooge comic was the inspiration for DuckTales. In this story arc, Scrooge and Donald go to Hawaii, and the Menihuni help Scrooge get his money back from the Beagle Boys, who were captured by the Navy. The real-life Hawaiian connection was Uncle Scrooge comic writer and artist Carl Barks' wife grew up in Hawaii and suggested the Menihuni to her husband. What I found interesting was the Menihuni seemed humanoid in Disney's largely anthropomorphic universe. I remember seeing an Uncle Scrooge comic about a decade ago and thinking, hey, this is DuckTales. So are there many Huni or were they made up? That's for you to decide. It'd make an interesting debate topic though. Along with my paranormal experiences, I've also spoken about many Huni on various Hawaiian radio shows. During my investigations, I don't think I encountered them. There was a location where rocks fly at you if you look away from them. While this may have been a haunted location, this is the closest I've gotten to encountering Menihuni, aside from visiting the various Menihuni constructions like fish ponds and such. For the record, I do believe Menihuni exist, and consider them whenever I encounter rare haunted Hawaiian places containing something that's pre-Hawaiian contact. If you like what you heard, please give us a rating and write a review. Our future listeners and I would greatly appreciate it. As always, a big mahalo nui loa to our Patreon members. Christopher, Meg, Jessica Bullock, Edward Pueo Henke, Felisa H., The Makuli Guy, and of course, Ren Shepard. Your support keeps our show going. If you'd like to support our show, please click the link in our show notes and become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member to enjoy an exclusive monthly Hawaiian story and other nifty benefits. Your rewards are waiting for you, so become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member today. Our theme song is Mystery by Tavana, courtesy of High Sessions. Sound effects are by Sound Effects Factory. Our music coordinator is Matt Duffy, a.k.a. DJ Triple Bypass. Links and show notes can be found on our website, legendsfromthepacific.com, including a link to your featured song, which is Tukake Mai by Kapena, courtesy of High Sessions. Legends from the Pacific was written, produced, and edited by me, Kamuela Kaneshiro. I also wrote original stories. Your featured Hawaiian word is mo'olelo. Mo'olelo means story. An example of mo'olelo is Bastin Bucks, Falcor, and Atreyu are characters from the never-ending mo'olelo. Once again, mo'olelo is Hawaiian for story. And here I thought Bastin's name was Sebastian. Thank you once again for listening. Mahalo and a hui ho! (laughs) 